You're listening to the podcast for Asbury United Methodist Church. Join us every Sunday for worship at 8.30 or 10.45. Find out more at asburybosier.org. Good morning. Uh, it's good to be with you today. Our scripture lesson today comes from 1 Corinthians, the first chapter, verses 1 through 9. Uh, a couple of worship notes. Uh, don't pay any attention to the title of the sermon. Uh, the sermon was going to be about a guy named Sosthenes, which you will see in the scripture lesson. I thought how interesting it would be to do an entire sermon on this really unknown character. The only problem is he's really unknown. <laughs> and doing homework on the character, uh, he may have been uh, the Sosthenes that we know about in the book of Acts that was uh, the leader of the synagogue in Corinth. It could be the name of Paul's scribe who is writing this down while Paul is dictating. We just don't know. So... Uh, I'm not preaching on him because there's not much information out there on Sosthenes. Also, uh, I don't know how many of you caught it, uh, but apparently I can't spell Corinthians. So just want to just call name and claim it. I just want to name it and claim it so it's not a distraction later uh, in, in the service. Uh, Corinthians, uh, we're going to be reading. We're going to be reading that letter uh, today. First Corinthians chapter one, the first nine verses. It'll be on the screens and it's also in your Bible Let us hear the word of the Lord. Paul called to be an apostle of Christ Jesus by the will of God and our brother Sosthenes to the church of God that is in Corinth to those who are sanctified in Christ Jesus called to be saints together with all those who in every place call on the name of our Lord Jesus Christ both their Lord and ours. Grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. I give thanks to my God always for you because of the grace of God that has been given you in Christ Jesus. For in every way you have been enriched in him, in speech and knowledge of every kind, just as the testimony of Christ has been strengthened among you, so that you are not lacking in any spiritual gift as you wait for the revealing of our Lord Jesus Christ. He will also strengthen you to the end, So that you may be blameless on the day of our Lord Jesus Christ. God is faithful. By him you were called into the fellowship of his son, Jesus Christ our Lord. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. I promise I'll work on some kind of Sosthenes post later from Corinthians, the book. uh, It's a great letter. Uh, I want to start today. So there's a lot of language at the beginning of this letter about call. You have been called. We call out to the Lord. There's a lot of this call and response that's going on. So I wanted to start today with a game. And I know we Methodists don't like audience participation. You don't have to participate. It's your salvation, not mine. So you can just sit there calmly. Uh, it's, named that, it's named that tune, right? You, you, know, you know that, right? So we have four songs, and I would love for you to raise your hand when you know what the song is. Are we good? Okay. Song number one. There's one over there. Okay, good. Over there. Uh, what you got? I was alone. I took a ride. That's right. Got to get you into my life by the Beatles. Right? And that's also a good theological song. Got to get you into my life. It could be like the spirit of Christ, right? Got to get you in. That's fine. All right, you can kill it. Good. Now, I will say this. I am very pleased with you so far. The 830 service took them a long time to get to this one. And I was so, my countenance fell. 
It's the Beatles and the whole bunch of boomers at the 830 service, man. And like none of them got it. All right. Song number two. Whoa, there it is. Yes. Well done. Super Mario Brothers, right? Yeah, the first one, right? Super Mario Brothers, too. Coincidentally, you can kill it. Coincidentally, the 30 service didn't get that one either. So, so we're going to move on. All right. It's just, oh, Jeff, it's not here. All right, play the third song. That Jeff is here. What you got, Jeff? Pinball Wizard by The Who, right? You can, you can put it up there. Pinball Wizard by The Who. Um, so, uh, one of my favorite songs, one of my favorite bands, uh, Pinball Wizard uh, by The Who. From The Who's Tommy. Fantastic. All right, you can kill it. Um, last song, what's the last song? I don't, I don't even remember. Oh, yeah. <laughs> what you got? Celia, you're breaking my heart. You're shaking my. Co- you can put up there. Cecilia by Simon and Garfunkel. Cecilia. I oh, can kill it. Um, I thought she was going to be a children's church. Um, so my daughter's name is Cecilia. Now, um, if you want to get on Cecilia's bad side, sing that song to her. Right? You know, especially if your name is in a song somewhere like, you know, hi, my name is Cecilia. You're like, Cecilia, you're like, oh, I've never heard that before. It's so clever. Great. Um, yeah, if you want to see her stare into the depths of your soul, sing that song to her. So even if you didn't know, like, that specific Beatles song or the Super Mario Brothers theme, like, if you know the Beatles well enough, even if it's an unfamiliar song, you can kind of guess that it's from the Beatles, Right? Uh, or the same thing, Simon and Garfunkel. You might not, not have heard a Simon and Garfunkel song or that, that particular song, but if you know Simon and Garfunkel, you could probably guess that it's by them. Every artist, every composer leaves a thumbprint on what they have written, right? Uh, uh, if, if you know Mozart, you, you don't have to necessarily have heard that uh, uh, concerto to know that it might be from Mozart. If you know the artist, if you know the composer, you might know the song because every song from a composer or an artist or a band has its own thumbprint on it. So the question is this, what kind of song does God play? What kind of song does God offer? The closer we are to God, we might be able to hear it. It might resound within us. If we are far away, it might be unfamiliar to us. I mean, the beginning of our story uh, in in the Garden of Eden, right? It says, uh, God took the man and placed him in the garden. Now, understand that that's not a physical, like as if the Garden of Eden was a dollhouse where he took the man and put him in the garden. That word took in Hebrew means to woo or to call. He took the man. In other words, called out to humanity. And humanity was filled with such a desire and a curiosity for who God was. We followed. God called, another way to say that is, God called us into the Garden 
of Eden. That's part of our story. And we have this at the beginning of the letter. Um, Paul called to be an apostle of Christ by the will of God and our brother Sosthenes, whoever that is, to the church of God that is in Corinth, to those who are sanctified. That's a whole other sermon on sanctification. Who are sanctified in Christ Jesus, called to be saints, together with all those who in every place who call on the name of the Lord. So there's this call and response right at the very beginning of that. And will we, even if God called out to us, would we recognize the tune? Do we know that thumbprint well enough to be able to recognize it? Now, some songs are very pleasant and they're captivating and and they woo us to its origin. Like, for example, a baby giggling is one of those wooing sounds. It is hard to be stressed and in a bad mood when you hear a baby laugh, right? Can I get an amen from some Methodists? Okay. Um, you know, I really think like we, we could end war if we just pumped babies laughing in wherever there is strife in the world, right? There's just something about it. It makes you light and it makes you happy and, and you recognize the joy of new life, right? Uh, same thing happens when Mr. Spud drives in our neighborhood with his ice cream truck, right? Um, dee, 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 dee. Uh, the kids, their eyes get as big as saucers and they perk up and they're ready. There's this wooing sound that draws them into something. There's this, sometimes when we get it, when we hear it, there is this holy wooing power that captures us. It's not just with with music. Sometimes it is with words. When someone you love says, I love you in return, there's this gravity that holds the two of you. Or sometimes, let's say, the doctor comes into the room and it says, we no longer see any signs of cancer. There is this wooing, this holy wooing that is that is going on that calls us into a holy place. Paul gives us a clue as to what this holy melody sounds like. First, it is a melody of thanksgiving. Paul says, I give thanks to my God always for you. Always is a big word in the English language. As I like to say, the two most dangerous words in the English language are always and never. I always give thanks to you or for you. I always give thanks for you. There's this generosity. There's this melody of thankfulness that comes from the heart of God. Uh, and it's something that, that, that I, at times, wish I had more of. And as I got into the world, I wish more others had, had more of it. I was in Best Buy this week, uh, and I went to get a new podcast microphone for some things that are coming up, and I'm really super excited about them. Uh, but I was in line. Now, so I ordered the microphone. Those of you who have done this, you'll get this. I ordered the mic online, paid for it, and then there's a special line that says in-store pickup. And you just go to that line, and they hand it to you, and you walk out, right? In-store pickup. The problem is at Best Buy, just like right over there, the in-store pickup line is right next door to the customer service line. And if the folks in the customer service line don't understand or appreciate the beauty that is the in-store pickup line, their faces explode. So I went into Best Buy and there was one person being helped at the customer service line and then two other people behind them. So I'm just waiting here. And these two guys were obviously disgruntled, right? I mean, I know they're, they're probably like a ruler of a nation and they were really important and had to get back to what they were doing. Uh, but they were sitting there the whole time like, 
And then, of course, they look to me for affirmation. I'm like, mm. you know, and they're kind of, you know, Kah. so then after she was done helping that person, she went to the store pickup line. So I just like walked right down and got my thing. And the guy was like, whoa, whoa, whoa. He didn't grab me by the arm, but he did with his voice. He was like, whoa, whoa, whoa. What are you doing? We've been here for a long time. No offense. I love that. If you have to say no offense, you mean a big fat offense, right? No offense, but like we've been here. And like, I didn't have the heart to say, well, this is, you know, I didn't want to mansplain to this guy. Like, this is, this is the in-store pickup line and your line is totally different. I know it's separated by this fake little barrier here, but like your line is totally different. You need customer service and there's something, you know. So the lady looked at me and I was just like, you know, thinking to myself, please help them, please get them on their way. And the guy was really frustrated and I don't have time for this and, Interesting. He didn't have time for it, but he had time to wait later to talk to the manager about his experience, about the thing, you know. So in, in that moment, I didn't say anything, uh, but in that moment, I was, I was very judgy about this guy. Like, really? Like, life is too short to be that angry about the customer service line at Best Buy. Like, come on, man. But then, and I was working on the sermon at the time, which is why I was at the top of my brain. If this happened on Tuesday, I, I probably would have been escorted out. But I was working on the sermon, it happened on Thursday. And I hear this from Paul saying, I give thanks always for you. All of this thanksgiving that Paul has in this letter is outwardly focused. I give thanks for you, for the grace that God has offered to you. And I just took a moment and said, you know, I have no idea what's going on in this guy's life. This might be the worst day of his life today. And, and he's frustrated and you know, I don't know, maybe it's blood sugar. I don't know, right? It, it's, we don't know what's going on in their life. So I just waited. He was helped. The night, and the next guy after him was like, you know, you go. So do, because I'm fine. Like I'm right here. And then I just got my microphone. It took all of seven seconds. You're welcome, guys. Took all of seven seconds, got the microphone, came back. But I was captured by Paul's sense of thanksgiving. It's a thanksgiving for the grace that someone else has received. We're quite good at recognizing and giving thanks to what God has done for us. But how good are we recognizing and giving thanks for the way that God is working in someone else? It's a lesson that Jonah didn't understand, right? Jonah went to Nineveh and he gave the, the, the shortest prophecy in all of the Bible and it worked. I mean, he walked in and said, six days now you're gonna burn or whatever it was. And he walked out, he, it, but it worked. He's the most pathetic, but the most successful prophet in the entire Old Testament. But he didn't believe it. God said, I've forgiven them. They have repented. And he goes, well, like heck. So he walked across the other side of the thing and sat down and waited for God to come to his senses and blow him up, right? Jonah, Jonah missed it, man. I give thanks for the grace that has been given to you, right? The older brother in the prodigal son story, he didn't get it either, right? This riffraff brother of mine is at home and you throw a party for him? I've been here the whole time, right? The disciples also didn't quite get this. The disciples were traveling and there was a city that did not accept them. So James and John, the sons of thunder, right? They probably had the, the thunder tat on their arm, the sons of thunder. And they told Jesus, they said, well, when are you going to call the fire down to, to blow up the city? They didn't accept us. And Jesus said, dust your feet off. Shake the dust off of your feet and move on. Give thanks to the grace that is given to someone else. And this is where Paul is going. I give thanks to my God always for you. 
because of the grace of God that has been given to you. Listen to how many times you is, is in this. Uh, for in every way you have been enriched in him, in speech and knowledge of every kind, just as the testimony of Christ has been strengthened among you, so that you are not lacking in any spiritual gift. God is faithful. By him, you were called into the fellowship of his son. A great thankfulness for what has happened in someone else's life. What a great practice to get in the habit of being thankful for what God is doing for someone else. This melody of thanksgiving, this melody of thanks, thankfulness, thankfulness also comes with a harmony for the other. Or as I like to say, a harmony of justice. All of this thanksgiving that Paul offers is outwardly focused. It's not about him. Some melodies are pleasant. As we talk about, they, they woo us into the heart of God. But sometimes harmonies are discordant. And they're aggravating. And it's on purpose. There are some sounds that aggravate us for all of the right reasons. Like when you are sleeping and you have an infant and the infant needs to be fed. Our ears are, do you know your ears are always working, right? When you're sleeping, you hear that and you're, you're awakened. And you go to tend to the child. That aggravation is on purpose so that you wake up and tend to the child. Same thing like when an ambulance comes, it's, uh, it's called an augmented fourth. That, song, that, that sound is supposed to aggravate you so that you get out of the way. Sometimes the words of God can leave us unsettled for all of the right reasons. There are some times when God says, get out of the way because you're stopping me doing from what I'm called to do or what I'm trying to do. In other words, we all need a little bit of that John the Baptist presence in our life, the one who could look us in the face and say, you brood of vipers, turn around and cut it out. But I don't like that sermon. And I'm not supposed to. It's supposed to wake us up. Because sometimes we need to be woken. Awaken. Awaken? Woken? Man, I was on a roll and I just ruined it. We need to... <laughs> it's uh, easier than it looks. It's harder than it looks. Ah, I screwed that up too. We need to... I should start over. All right, so we're going to play Name That Tune. And kidding. We need to wake up in the ways that, that we have failed to love our neighbor. We need to wake up in the ways that, that we need to realize that our story is not the only story that needs to be told. We need to wake up in the way that the truth can be buried and difficult to find. Last week I talked about disturbance. Sometimes there is a grain of sand that disturbs the machinery of the world so that that system can remind itself of its own purpose. Sometimes you need that holy disturbance. Also talked about last week. Last week I said, you know, the universe is vast. We have billions of galaxies and trillions of stars in each galaxy and there, there, will never, there was never a you before and there will never be a you again and that you are precious and unique. The other half of that teaching is and you're also not the center of the universe, <laughs> right? You are precious and you are unique there's never been a you, there will never be a you again, but you are also not to the center of the universe. And sometimes that message, that disturbance, that, that augmented forth 
that crying out is difficult to hear. I'll put it this way. I love having communion every week. Uh, The more often we gather around the table with our sisters and brothers, it, it begins to change who we are. Uh, I love that we get, and we gather every week because John Wesley said that worship was where the word is proclaimed and the sacraments duly administered. You know, I just kind of laugh that, that sometimes uh, we Methodists fall into a tradition of only having communion once a month, but John Wesley's definition of worship is where the word is proclaimed and the sacraments administered. So sometimes we get in the habit of only having worship once a month, according to John Wesley. I'm not trying to pick on anybody. I'm just saying I'm thankful that we do communion every Sunday. And some folks say that, that justice, justice is about bigging a, uh, building a bigger table. But I think more appropriately, justice is having the discernment of knowing when to come to the table and when to leave and make room for someone else. Having the discernment of, of knowing when to come to the table and also know, have the, have the discernment of when to get up and make room for someone else. Especially when we have communion at the 8.30 service, sometimes we kneel at the chancel rail. Uh, We can't all kneel at once. (laughs) We're invited by the power of the Holy Spirit to come down, to kneel, to receive God's grace, to be in communion with God. But then we're also called to get up and to make room for someone else. And sometimes that melody and harmony of God is discordant, reminding us that we are not the center of the universe and that we are called to make room for someone else who isn't us. So I've given you homework this week. I would love to hear stories from you. I would love to hear offerings of thanksgiving for what God is doing in someone else's life. And if you don't have a story like that, then ask, what is God doing? What is God doing in your life? That's the melody. Here's the discordant harmony. I'd love to hear stories of what God is doing in someone else's life, and I want that person to not look like you or think like you or necessarily agree with you. Because God loves them too. Sometimes we need a grain of sand that upsets the system so that the system might be reminded of its own purpose. Sometimes the song that God sings is beautiful, and it woos us. It's like the ice cream man driving in the neighborhood. Sometimes this song of God, this harmony of justice, is discordant, waking us up to the ways in which we need to turn around. But at all times, I pray that we have ears to hear this constant and graceful song that God offers to us. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen.